It's April 19th, 2023. Grab a paper, grab a pen. Let's hit up the run sheet. I am Atrol Pearl, as always, recording a little later than normal after a absolutely bonkers day. But of course, the person I like to close the day out with when I talk about wrestling is Ella J. Ella, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. How are you? Buddy, tired, but I'm surviving. It's been a- <laughs> yes. I don't know what I was thinking when I decided, hey, I'm going to do a morning show on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for two hours. And then I'm going to do our show. And I'm going to do the post shows that I do. And basically, I'm loading my plate up because my kids started daycare. Well, my dumb ass doesn't remember the fact that, you know, kids get sick sometimes. Yeah. Daycares aren't going to look after your sick, stupid kids. <laughs> So guess who had to uh, guess who had to deal with a sick kid and a sick partner today? That was a lot of fun. It's called parenting and adulting. Relationships, the worst. Relationshipping. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ship mine off to the next realm. <laughs> wrestling. Anyway, we talk about wrestling here. Drop us your questions. Drop us anything you want over at the Runji Pod, over on Twitter. We are on Instagram too, as well. If you want to do that, I don't, no one's really. We haven't posted anything on our Instagram. I didn't even know we had an Instagram. <laughs> we do it's the same. It's it's at the Run Sheet Pod. Everything is at the Run Sheet Pod. I know it's a very long URL or a long handle, but let's face it, you remember. Really it. not. It's three short words. <laughs> I know it's four because we have the and then pod. Oh yeah, that's true. I, know. Sure. I want I wanted just Run Sheet Pod, but the problem is you can get it in one place but not the other, and I don't want to be like, you follow us here at this, and then you follow Got us. It. I want everything to be synonymous and, and just syner- synergetical. What's the word? Synergy? I, S- I, in sync? <laughs> I mean, kind of. That's what I'm getting at. But anyway, yeah. follow us there at the Run Sheet Pod. We're on most social media platforms. We should probably be posting more on those, but, you know, we do what we do. We're just here to talk about wrestling because that's what we do, right? That is what we do. Where do you want to start? We have the news. There is some really good stuff on the board. I think maybe we'll start with the big one. Dax Harwood today mm-hmm. announced that uh, his podcast, FTR with Dax, is done. He is ending it after six months, saying, quote, it's causing more harm than good. This um, th- th- There's like good news and bad news behind it, right? They, they yeah. re-signed their deal with AEW. It's a four-year deal, deal according to FTR. Uh, they said so much on AEW Rampage this past week, but came with that a little more about why they're uh, ending this podcast. Uh, talk to me about this whole thing. I'm sure you've seen, seen and read the podcast by now. Yeah, yeah, I was discussing it earlier today, actually, you know, this podcast only launched, you know, in late December, it was so it's really only been like five months at this point. I don't know, did they say exactly when this was ending? It just said after one season. I don't know if there's an official date yet of when it'll end. I I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I don't know. It could they could very well be effective immediately or they could for some reason decide that next week is the next one. Yeah. But you know, going in Harwood was you know talking about trying to like shine a more positive light and like a peek behind the current a peek behind the curtain and do some good, you know, with wrestling with his perspective and stuff like that. Um but you know, a lot of the topics, you know, he was talking about it just 
have been surrounding around controversial topics. And, you know, part of it's to do with, you know, he's friends with some of these people like a CM Punk just in and of itself is just an enigma, a polarizing figure in wrestling, especially after all that brawl out and stuff like that. So, you know, there's been a lot of headlines and stuff like that. I myself, you know, a bunch of the people who do the writing, you know, we listen to this podcast. A lot of stories have come out of this, uh, this podcast alone on ad free shows. So, uh, but unfortunately he came to a point where, you know, he said that wrestling media have kind of maybe twisted his words or, you know, created storylines, uh, headlines about some of the things he's talking about. So he explained that it was time to move on saying, quote, I think we both feel we were causing more harm than good, even though we were trying to do good. It just didn't, come across that way or portray it that way we were more of a detriment to professional wrestling than we thought and we never wanted to do that and he clarified that aw had no involvement in their decision um i don't i don't know if that's totally true but according to harwood uh harwood's co-host matt coon uh, that saying that aw slash tony khan had no involvement in their decision to end the podcast and I find that very interesting, mostly because Harwood has made reference to sending transcripts to legal yeah. in AEW. Uh, he could have been playing around. He could have been just joking about that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there has been a lot of blowback on some of the things that Dax mm -hmm. is talking about. And I talked about this on another podcast. It's so easy as an active wrestler on a major company's Mm -hmm. to have a podcast where you talk about what's going on at work yeah. and unfortunately when you do that you do open yourself up to certain problems yeah um whereas you know what else what else could you have done he he spent some of his podcasts talking about his experiences working in wwe mm -hmm. uh and some of his experiences doing you know life on the road and mental health and things like that and and again so many of those episodes were so good yeah but, but the unfortunate reality is that if you want to get those clicks and you want to get that engagement it doesn't always come with the main topic of your podcast mm -hmm. sometimes it really does come down to the salacious or sexy conversations that come with it Dak saying yeah i'm friends with cm punk well cm punk is like the hottest topic yeah. right now for better or worse in in wrestling so for him it's like this i'm trying to you know give some trying trying to, to speak nicely of a friend mm -hmm. and, and it turns into a war that you know is in the heads of a lot of people who are yeah. not at all involved it's this very weird situation you know i i made the illusion i said if eddie kingston had a podcast it would be so great to hear him talk about how much he loves japanese wrestling how much he would do like an hour on masawa he would do the you know two hours on akiyama it doesn't matter he would go and talk about it and i'm sure he would love it but it wouldn't get the same hits as him just talking shit about his co-workers in aw for an hour yeah um and i know there you know i don't know if it's been confirmed or not but i know there's been reports you know a lot of it was you know uh, there was rumors of him getting heat on himself uh w within the locker room and people in the locker room being like mad or uh, dissatisfied with some of the things that he was saying especially regarding cm punk um still you know those are kind of rumors we don't know exactly all that happened but i had to i have to assume that at least some people were definitely listening or seeing the headlines and seeing some of the things he was saying especially about cm punk you know who's this polarizing figure you know um 
So, and maybe caused a little bit of a divide or I don't know exactly just kind of speculating, but uh, yeah, it, we don't know when it'll end, but uh, uh, FTR with Dax Harwood will be ending after one season. And that's unfortunate. Again, one thing I really liked about Dax is that he wore his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. And he was very honest, uh, especially in a world where there's a lot of make-believe and not everyone's always telling the truth. And and he also, you know, he stretched the truth and he played along as well. But when he when he talked about major um, important issues, he tried to be as as straight shooting as he could be. And I appreciated that. Yeah, you know, that's all you can ask for, you know. There's obviously wrestling is so weird because there's like blurring this line of kayfabe and reality. And, you know, some people could be playing stuff up. But Dax seemed really genuine, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of genuine, there's someone who is the most genuine wrestler out there. Someone everybody loves, and that's Big E, who's been out of action since March 11th of 2022 when he suffered a, a neck injury. Well, the good news is he uh, just had his one-year scan after WrestleMania, and he spoke to Battle and Eli on Battleground and uh, provided an update on his condition. What did Big E have to say about his neck? How's it feeling? Uh, he said, obviously, you know, it's a complicated fracture, especially in, in his neck where it's a very vulnerable area. You know, there's a lot of nerve endings in there with your spine. I can't even imagine all that he's gone through. But he uh, said that he broke his C1 and his C2 in two places. It's called a Jefferson fracture, which takes more time to heal. He said, uh, we just did the one-year scans after. It's crazy. It's already been a year. Um, you know, he said that he had to sit down with the doctors and figure out what the next step was. He says he feels great. He has no function issues and no pain issues, which is the most important, especially like I said, with those nerve endings could have gone really, really bad. Um, but he said he's been in the, the gym since two weeks after he broke his neck. He said, obviously your neck has to be in a certain condition to deal with the rigors of being in a ring on a nightly basis. Um, so he's taking it kind of one step at a time, no real time frame for any potential return, but, uh, I know he is going to be the MC, um, for a Michigan team coming up soon. So he's keeping himself busy. Yeah, he has been. And you know what? This is It's so funny in wrestling. We continue to be like, oh, I can't wait until so-and-so comes back. Oh, I can't wait until so-and-so comes back. Mm -hmm. And Big E is one of those people that we're all saying the same thing. Oh, I can't wait until Big E comes back. But only when he's ready. Oh, my God. I hope he's 100%. Yeah. Not everyone has that same, you know, uh, expectation or at least that same level of um, ap not apathy, uh, uh, just support. That Big E has, because apathy is the opposite of that. No, yeah. when you're apathetic. Well, the idea being here that like he's so well liked that everyone mm -hmm. just wants him to be a hundred percent behind what he does, and I think that's pretty great. Um, wrestling obviously misses Big E, and fans obviously miss Big E, but it's nice that he's still out there and still getting involved with different, you know, events and different stuff. Yeah, like he's been very active with the next in line stuff and going at tryouts, kind of being a mentor and like a, a judge kind of in those. And obviously he's going to be the MC for the USFL Michigan Panthers. So he's keeping himself very occupied. Well, speaking of the uh, next in line program, mm -hmm. there are a couple of twins that are very popular when they got their, their signed uh, NIL deal. And that was the Cavender twins. Mm -hmm. So Hannah and Haley I uh, spoke to the streets and it looks like they're getting closer to a WWE debut or at least more and more training at the performance center because they're starting in the spring. 
what do you think about this? The Cavender twins could be a, a big opportunity for WWE and vice versa. Yeah, so when they initially got signed to the program, obviously, you know, they're twins. WWE kind of pitted them as the possible successors to the Bella Twins or the Garcia Twins as they go by now. You know, they were finishing out. They just finished their senior year, and they actually forewent the option to uh, compete in their fifth year of eligibility because that was opened up to all the people during the pandemic. You could go on for a fifth year, but they opted not to. You know, they have so many things going on right now with sponsorship for TikTok. Um, there's some AI writing company that they're doing like sports drinks and stuff like that. Uh, so they're, they're very popular and very busy. Um, after leaving basketball now, once you know their senior year gets completed, um, they're gonna, they said they wanted to move on. I know they had a tour of the performance center earlier this month but the question was you know when could they start and like you said um the wwe has a very specific training process so like you said it looks like they're gonna be maybe starting to actually train this summer at least according to their agent what i find interesting is that the twins coming in would i assume be a tag team yeah however the wwe women's tag team division isn't very deep and that includes NXT. I'm wondering if they want to train these two as a tag team or if they want to train them as individual single stars or maybe if they want to find a way to do both because there is a big difference between singles wrestling and tag mm -hmm. team wrestling, especially when you're a brand new recruit and a brand new uh, student of wrestling. Yeah, um, I would think, especially if they're having the eye where they explicitly uh, kind of there was reports that they were going to be the next Bella twins. I think they would, you know, I think they would have to train them both, but I think starting out, they're going to kind of train them as a tag team. And, you know, I don't expect them to be on TV at least for a year at this point, assuming they start training like in the summer. Some people, I mean, debut in a couple months. Um, like what's her name? Uh, Lola Vice, uh, Valerie Lareda started training what last summer. She was just on NXT level up like last week, if not the week before. So like eight months in, she's kind of getting some TV time, at least on level up. Um, so I think they're going to be training for a while before we even see them on TV, though, for sure. Well, if you don't want to see them on TV, maybe you want to see them on Twitch. Yeah, because they can do that now. Yeah, WWE announced by, well, not announced by, but Fightful Select had the details that WWE has reached a new deal with Twitch. This was something that I spent an hour discussing with Jeremy Lambert on our show In the Weeds earlier today on Fightful Overbooked. This is a really interesting deal. So back in 2020, WWE had a lot of wrestlers on Twitch and WWE didn't exactly know about yes. it or uh, promote it because they were all doing it individually and now just, just on their own. Now they since uh, took away those privileges and have now reinstated them. NXT was never touched, but now the WWE has started an actual deal with Twitch that sees WWE making as FIFA select reported a very small uh, amount of, of money from it. So WWE is making what was told is very small as like less than 10%. This is a, again, this is spitballing, but it's a very, very small amount. And the talent is supposed to be making the most out of this, this new deal. Uh, how do you feel about this? There's a lot of really weird moving pieces that come with it, including the idea that there are quote, almost no restrictions on this new deal. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, WWE wants at least some percentage, but I know the Twitch, I don't know the exact Twitch breakdown. I know for some people it's like 50-50 or like 30-70 or something like that. So Twitch, even of itself, eats a significant portion of whatever the WWE superstars would be making. Um, And so to think to kind of divide that, the remaining between the WWE superstars and then WWE, I'm glad it's only 10% that, you know, they're putting in all this work to establish and like explore their passions. Because like I said, uh, a lot of the superstars, Dakota Kai, Shayna Baszler, uh, you know, Soraya was doing it for a while. Zelina Vega is on Twitch. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch more that are just escaping me right now, but you know, Mia Yim does it too. You know, they build an audience on there and kind of build their own brand. A lot of them like have different names on there too. Um, do it under their real name or a gamer name or something like that. So it's kind of building a brand outside of WWE because wrestling is not going to last forever. Um, but it's also also kind of getting their name out there with WWE. You know, they could like maybe have an actual kind of partnership with twitch or sponsorship with wwe i don't know the business side of it but i'm glad that uh they're kind of back on board with letting them stream again yeah there's a really strange situation that develops out of all this because wwe making 10 percent or less makes perfect sense to me because a lot of these people are featured on wwe programming at least once a week sometimes more than that and on top of that they have built a name for themselves and a brand through WWE. So of course it's their IP. They should be able to uh, take a bit of the pie. I understand that. And I'm glad that it's a small amount that they're taking. Mm -hmm. The Twitch partner program has undergone a lot of changes over the last year. Uh, Like you alluded to the, the, the division of uh, revenue has changed from, you know, in, I believe on the affiliate side, even it's changed. It's become closer to 50, 50 or at least 40, 60 on the partner program though. Man, it really depends on how big of a creator you are or how much clout you have because Twitch obviously wants to keep those creators. Otherwise, they're going to lose them to other places like YouTube or Or Facebook gaming even too. For a while, they were. Facebook gaming was absolutely a, a threat. TikTok is slowly getting there, but their revenue is not big right now. There's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of money coming through TikTok, which is very funny to me because it's such a monster of a platform. Um, that being said, I'm interested in finding out what the deal is for WWE superstars. If it's 70-30 and WWE takes 10, so it's Twitch gets 20 and then the wrestlers get 70, I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, if it's 80, I think that's better. Twitch gets 10, WWE gets 10. Because right now Twitch is, I'm not going to call Twitch a dying platform because it's definitely not, but it's certainly not where it was when a lot of these wrestlers started you know, streaming during yeah. the pandemic. Because yeah. during the pandemic, man, th- this is what I was talking about earlier <laughs> too. They were at home, they were bored, there was nothing going on. Yeah. And that's what led to certain issues, including, you know, talking about storylines or talking about their characters in WWE. And that's what got WWE really upset about what was going on, uh, other than the fact that they weren't making, a, you know, any money mm-hmm. off as well. So there was a, a kind of a double edged sword going on. That being said, this is a great opportunity. Now it's a new deal. There is an agreement all around. Um, whatever almost no restrictions means. I mean, I don't really expect many people to start doing hot tub 
streams on Twitch, but I could be wrong. I could envision Ronda Rousey doing that, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like Ronda. Ronda gets away with whatever Ronda wants. Yeah, I made a joke of like Matt Riddle's hot tub time machine, where he watches old wrestling. Oh yeah, you know, sits in a hot tub all day. I could see him doing that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know if he has a Twitch though. I don't think he would know how to. How to work. Once upon a time, he did a show on Fightful. He wasn't exactly super tech savvy, mm-hmm. which seems to be like the going thing at Fightful. I, it, 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 not important, but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think the deal is really good in, in, in principle. In practice is going to be where it gets tested because sir, some wrestlers are going to love this because they are gamers and they are going to be able to play games and do the gaming thing and make some extra cash and maybe you know some some different uh, some different fans will come in and find them. However, some, I hope they don't exploit it because that was a problem in 2020 is that some people were just looking for some extra income while they were sitting at home, not able to do the signing circuits or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, you know, a lot of them, that was a tough time for everybody. I still watch a lot of Twitch. uh, So like I'm highly invested in it, but like you said, it's kind of, you know, there's other platforms like there's YouTube, there's Facebook gaming. A lot of people have moved past it. Um, But I think the people that are still on Twitch after the height of of the pandemic are the ones that really enjoy what they're doing. Like a Dakota Kai, like a Shayna Baszler, Mia Yim, uh, Thea Trinidad, Zelina Vega, you know, Um, they genuinely enjoy it. You know, some people have kind of fallen off of it. I think the ones that are still doing it are the ones that like really, really enjoy it and care about it, to be honest. What kind of Twitch streams are you watching? Um, (laughs) so I still watch a lot of Among Us. Um, I, I, I don't watch like the, the violent games. I just watch like the fun party games. I'll still watch, uh, like Jackbox and stuff like that. Um, or, uh, GTA, but that's about it. (laughs) I, I watch people do like Mario 64 speed runs. Yeah. Especially my favorite are the zero percent or the zero star runs. Have you ever seen these? No, to be honest, I am like very basic when it comes to my games. That's fair. But like you remember <laughs> Super Mario 64. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. You had to get all the stars and there were 120 stars in total. And then the way the game worked was that uh, when you achieve a certain amount of stars, you would go and face Bowser and Bowser had like mm-hmm. three different stages but you can only get to the next levels by going and beating bowser and then getting a key that unlocks like the upstairs the downstairs of the castle what people started finding were different glitches in the game Mm -hmm. and in that game you could go from instead of having to get like eight stars to face the first bowser Mm -hmm. no go in with zero by like doing this really weird like super backwards long jump that like glitches out the camera it's a wild thing to watch (laughs) And so people do zero star runs, one star run. They do all the way up to 120 stars because there are different ways to manipulate the game without cheating where you can finish the game faster and faster. And like the current record on zero star is something like six and a half minutes Mm. being Mario 64, which is wild. So, you know, that's just what that's what I watch because I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch like I don't know how to explain it. Not like the the. I wouldn't say popular games. I'll watch Fall Guys sometimes too, um, but I'm not like I don't know how to explain it. Very, I feel like they're the basic, more basic games. <laughs> I get it. I'm a big fan of Japanese games, much like our yeah. next subject, Mercedes Monet, <laughs> who's expressed desires to move to Japan full time as her New Japan contract mm-hmm. reportedly winds down. I am. I saw this Instagram post that Mercedes is talking about moving to Japan. Now, here's the thing. I think. <laughs> 
I think Mercedes has a lot of money and could probably afford a place in Japan, up here to tear, if you will, where she could go and stay when she comes to town. That being said, do I think she'll do it? Who knows? It it would be interesting. She's currently living her best life. What do you think about uh, Mercedes Monet possibly moving over to Japan? Um, I think it's more likely if we get news that she has, I assume she has extended her deal with uh, New Japan by now. She has a title defense coming up this weekend at the All-Star Grand Queendom. Um, So it's possible she loses. I don't think she loses. But yeah, her current deal is up this month. I assume that it's already been extended. But once I get official confirmation that she's extended it, if she's extended it, then I can give a more uh, kind of confident answer for that. I don't know, man. She's facing Mayui Watani. She is. That is a tough, tough match. It would be fun, though. I don't know. Mercedes, she's such a... It's funny because she's such a polarizing... I know. Um, for, for the weirdest reasons. And I've talked about this on other shows, too, that I like Mercedes Monet the wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't love Mercedes Monet's fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's tough. Um, it's tough sometimes having to, how to, you know, maneuver about the two. Uh, but yeah, she, she's doing some really, really strong work right now. And I want to see her continue to succeed wherever that is. I mean, it's easier for me to see her succeed stateside where I don't have to watch her at two in the morning, but, uh, this has been pretty good for her so far. Yeah. It's just also like you know for her to come off you know it's been a good run but also like i want her to do more and i don't at this point her reign would have only been like two months long which doesn't feel like a long time granted it seemed like she only signed on for like maybe four matches uh four or five matches i think it was um i just want more out of this it seems like kind of maybe it could have been like a trial run for a deal and then they said oh we'll discuss later to see how it goes see if we want to extend it um but I, you know, Japan's been a dream of hers. I wouldn't see a world where she wouldn't want to stay at least for a little bit longer. Yeah. And again, she could easily just stay, but not live there full time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's entirely up to her. But, you know, she has so many people that want to face her that she wants to face. Uh, the subject of our next story happens to be one of those people that wanted to face her or at least brought it up. Yeah. Uh, and that's Diana Perazzo. And uh, this is a story that is very close to me because mm-hmm. I was uh, interviewing Diana Perazzo about this particular subject. She's open to working with her husband, Steve Macklin in impact. They're both champions, by the way, Diana is the new knockouts world champion. And Steve Macklin is the new impact world champion. Both won their titles at impact rebellion in Toronto this past weekend uh, where I was there. And it was a, it was a really fun show, yeah. but uh, according to Diana Perazzo there and according to impact, they're not allowed to talk to each other. And this also cemented something that I had been talking about for a little while. And that is the fact that Deanna Perrazzo is a baby face now. That had had a lot of people confused for a little while. And I was trying to explain that when she came back to do the work with Giselle Shaw, that was the beginning Mm -hmm. of the face turn. What was even more confusing is that when she came out at Rebellion, I don't know if you remember this, she was doing her heel entrance where she was waving off the crowd like she was the queen it was very confusing Mm. she told us in this interview that uh, she is in fact a good guy as she said but she also made reference to the fact that her and steve macklin are not quote in each other's worlds so what do you think about all this this was a pretty uh pretty fun chat for jeremy and i to have 
Yeah, I think right now, um, you know, especially with the it's um, I won't give spoilers, but Nick Aldis is not um, Steve Macklin's kind of first challenger as we thought he might be. I won't spoil anything because I saw the things. Um, at least I think I'm recalling them correctly. Somebody else's. Um, I think Deanna's going to run as the the baby face. Uh, again, I don't really know the um, status of Jordan Grace and her contract and all of that. If Jordan's going to be leaving or not. You know, there's been rumors that Jordan could be headed towards free agency with Mickey James down. You know, Impact Knockouts kind of need a top baby face for a while. Um, especially if with the uncertainty with Jordan and Mickey forcing to be out for a while uh, because of injury. Deanna's right there. You know, she's reliable. She's had two previous reigns that were highly successful. Um, so I think there's a lot of promise in kind of leaning on Deanna to, to steer the ship for the baby faces until maybe somebody like a Mickey James returns. Because also in that interview, you guys kind of discussed the possibility of Macklin and Perrazzo versus James and all this. I think once Mickey kind of gets back in the fold and maybe kind of inserts herself against Deanna, because Deanna still has yet to beat her, I think then we'll be getting more shades of the heel virtuoso that we kind of know and she kind of started out with in Impact. Um, but for right now, Impact needs a top baby face in their knockouts division, and Deanna is that person to do it. Listen, I get it. I'll talk about Mickey James and Nick Aldis, Steve Macklin, Deanna Peraza, yeah, Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, it's all fun and games until someone says Edward Edwards and Alicia Edwards, and then it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's true. Right? I didn't even. Th- yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. And, true. and again, with the way that things may be going with Jordan Grace in the future, you know, I. Mm-hmm. I I talked about this on other shows. I said, maybe it's time to start thinking about Jordan Grace as a big time heel and impact. Cause we haven't seen that. Yeah. We'll see. You know, we, we've seen in the lead up to Mickey and actually it was Mickey who took out Jordan and kind of kicked her in the face, right. Leading up to that match. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan's lost now. She, she's, you know, she lost her title. She lost the quote unquote rematch. Um, she, you know, she should be pissed, you know, use that to use that frustration to fuel, a heel, you know, but also like impact right now. And like, I'm trying to think right now um, in, in this, the singles world, Mosh is a heel killer. Kelly is faced, but I know she was injured um, with assist. Um, Jody threat is heel, right? No, Jody, Jody's a face. She's a face. Okay. She's a face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there's, there's a fairly good balance. Uh, Tasha's face. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think for a while, you know, Deanna still has that kind of quasi alliance with Tasha Steeles too. I think they might still work with that with Savannah and Giselle versus Tasha and Deanna. Um, but for right now, I think Deanna is a good person to steer that ship and Jordan, you know, she could turn heel. I use that, like I said, use that frustration to fuel her fire. Yeah. I'm really, I'm looking forward to, not only Deanna's run as the Impact Knockouts mm-hmm. World Champion, uh, and and also Steve Macklin's as the as the Impact oh, yeah. World Champion, but I'm looking forward to where things go with with Jordan Grace because, like you were saying, she's kind of listless right now. But yeah. 
I have a feeling we're going to see some stuff over the next few weeks on <laughs> You'd have a feeling. <laughs> I was at the taping. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. There's some really interesting stuff coming yeah. up. I am looking forward to seeing where it goes. And, and I think some of uh, some people will be very excited to see where, where it goes, where things wind up. Yeah. Uh, that's the news. We did it. That's how we go. You want to talk about some television? Television? Sure. We can start off with uh, with Monday Night Raw a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they open up the show with the Bloodline and the Judgment Day having a new partnership. And Paul <laughs> Heyman put it together. And I, of course, everyone's talking about Rhea Ripley and Solo Sokoa. Sokoa, yeah. Staring each other down. Now, Ella, I watched the show the next day. And I saw all the talk. And I, everyone was just like, oh, I want to see these two face off. And I was like, no, you guys are getting it all wrong. I've seen enough rom-coms to know that these two hate each other now, but there's going to be wrestling wedding bells in the future. Look at them. They were giving each other the eyes, Ella. Sir? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> she, likes, she likes big meaty men and Solo's a big meaty man. Come on, let's go. Um, on does Obviously on screen, Rhea does not like, okay, she likes to beat up no, not even that. She just likes to beat up men, period. We yeah. saw her go against Akira Tozawa. We've also seen Luke Gallows. Carl, you know, Carl Anderson is not the biggest guy. Neither is Akira Tozawa. Um, she's not afraid to step up to them, but I wouldn't say she's a preference for big, meaty men. She's with Dominic on screen. <laughs> He's big and meaty. <laughs> um, compared but- to a lot of the other wrestlers... I don't think so. <laughs> prison prison really leaned him out. You just haven't seen him because he's been wearing shirts. Mm. Yeah. That's anyway, what, what do you think of this whole bloodline? <laughs> thing? I, I feel like it's going to be short term, which is fine. Yeah, uh, the if- draft is right around the corner, you know? Yeah. Um, granted, like, I, I feel like the bloodline are still going to float because Roman is the champion of both brands. Um, and technically, KO and Sammy would have to float since they hold Oh no, both of the titles. There's a title match coming up soon, isn't there? Yes, there is next Friday. Oh, at the draft. See, still, the titles are still unified. So whoever walks out of that is going to be floating between both shows is, is what it's going to be. Um, I think the Judgment Day are obviously going to end up on SmackDown. That kind of feeds into that. But, you know, I wasn't, I feel like that kind of made sense for them to have a short term alliance. It made for a great moment backstage with Rhea Ripley and Paul Heyman. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, but obviously, you know, Solo Sokoa got his stuff done. He defeated Rey Mysterio. Um, but the uh, the Judgment Day fell short uh, in their endeavors. Pursuit at the end, they lost to Matt Riddle, Sami Zayn, and, and uh, Kevin Owens. Um, I kind of liked it. I, 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 I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. For me, it kind of made sense to take care of each other's problems. The bloodline held up there, and the Judgment Day didn't really. And they know what? There's, there's going to be some some more problems to take care of next <laughs> week when bad bunny returns to yes. Monday. So I assume that they're going to have bad bunny and the bloodline mix it up a little bit because again, bunny mm-hmm. is possibly leading towards a match with judgment day, which yeah. is great. But I mean, he's also supposed to host the entire event and bloodline will be all over that event. So why not have a little fun with bad bunny? They announced bloodline. It's going to be solo Sokoa mm-hmm. and Uso's taking on Matt Riddle and Kevin Owen and Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that six-man tag is happening at Backlash. So why wouldn't you try to have those six men in that particular match have some sort of interaction with Bad Bunny, who's also now entrenched in this whole Judgment Day, Mysterio, mm-hmm. LWO thing? Mm-hmm. 
What do you think? I mean, what are we going to do next week when uh, when Bad Bunny's on Raw? Um, I think they're just going to set up the match. And to be honest, like, I mean, we saw the Miz wrestle three times as he hosted WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Bad Bunny to wrestle. Bad Bunny will wrestle on Backlash. I think that's kind of just becoming more and more clear. Um, I think it's funny how uh, Damian Priest is kind of gaslighting him. Like, you're my friend, but I'm still going to beat you up. Kind of a little bit of Roman Reigns vibes going on in that aspect. Um... I'm excited. I, you know, a lot of people were comparing WWE to AW because we've seen kind of been seeing the rise of the factions, you know, LWO, the judgment day, the bloodline, um, KO, Sammy and Riddle are kind of a thing now too. Um, it's kind of cool to see a little bit more factions. We haven't really, at least in a while, seen a lot of faction heavy stuff going on. One thing I like is, as I was alluding to, Everyone is kind of in each other's business yeah. going to this show. I don't hate that. I like that there's some crossover storytelling. Everyone exists in each other's world instead of just like certain people are backstage yeah. and they like never see each other. And I think it's cool when more and more people interact and cross pollinate and join each other's stories. It just opens up more opportunities. So that should be really fun, especially as we get closer to, to Backlash, which, again, we're about three weeks out. So there's plenty of stories to tell. And speaking of plenty of stories to tell, Chris Stratus comes out mm-hmm. and this scathing promo yeah. on the crowd without saying it's a you people promo. Thank God it wasn't. You people. <laughs> Didn't have it. Thank God. Instead, <laughs> he basically tells everyone, you know, I'm not your fantasy. I'm not your nostalgia trip. I'm not your sidekick Mm -hmm. i am me i you know i am the women's revolution essentially Mm -hmm. you know what's really weird about this promo ella is that it felt like this was something that would have been reserved for the bella twins if they had come back yeah around raw 30 it feels Mm -hmm. like this would have been their story because they kind of harped on that for years yeah on while they were still with the company not in a negative way not in like a a Mm kayfabe way and, you know, remember us, we started this thing. Mm-hmm. So Trish is kind of taking it way back because Trish was active, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah. So for her to come out and just be like, and I love, by the way, how she's like, yeah, that's right. I took out Lita. And you guys are so stupid. I'm just going to have to say it again. Yeah, I took out Lita. <laughs> I loved it. Because everyone else is like, wait, what? She did what now? So <laughs> good on her. at least she explained some of her actions. Yeah. Because now if we're going to Trish and Becky, which is the report for SummerSlam, that's three and a half months away. There's a lot of storytelling that needs to be done. I mean, you also still have the closure that she still needs to have with Lita. I was talking about this earlier today because I had that same worry that you did. But then the thing is, Trish has two people to kind of run through. She has to tie up those loose ends with Lita, you know, her best friend of like 20, 20 something years now of team bestie attacked her, brutally attacked her. You know, she has Becky in the background. Um, so if the plan is Becky and Trish, um, you know, they, they could kind of play a little bit of the, the edge thing, be gone for a couple weeks um, and then show up before the, the more popular big pay-per-view, which I guess would be Night Up Champions, then Backlash. Um, she could go through Lita first and then set up for Becky. They have two months then to set up for that, you know, or, you know, 
maybe i don't know they have a lot of time they can do a lot of long-term storytelling or who knows that we always see many rematches after rematch or somehow it could end in like a dq or something um i think we've got some time for them to come up with some good stuff yeah i'm kind of hoping that we see trish versus lita at night of champions in saudi arabia because lita has performed there and trish could always use an extension on her house in Richmond Hill. <laughs> get it? Uh, every, everyone can use that 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 extension. Um, and then on top of that, you know, Becky might find herself in a place like the UK in the Money in the Bank match, oh, yeah, yeah. and then Trish can cost her the match. Oh, there, there are certain mm-hmm. things that you can do without having matches. Mm-hmm. I do think that somewhere down the line there is a Becky and Lita versus Trish and a partner. Partner could be could be Bailey. You know, as the the damage mm. control story unfolds, and if she gets kicked out of damage control, and Bailey needs a friend, well, Trish might be that new friend. So there are little nuggets here and there mm-hmm. that we can do. Uh, the enemy of the enemy is my friend. You know, you could do that as well, and then have Becky and Bailey renew that rivalry, and have Trish team up with Bailey and be like, "Listen, we're not friends, mm-hmm. but we have a common enemy. So let's get together and beat these women down." I had a question too, because the draft is coming up. You know, Triple H said everybody's eligible. I I don't think Lita and Trish would get drafted. I think they would just follow wherever Becky gets drafted to. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I, I think that okay. the active full-time roster members. Yeah, okay. Because I, I know that the way that he said it made it feel like this is a bigger deal than it is. I think that was just... That was just like hyperbolic Triple H. Yeah. That's all that was. Uh, but someone who wasn't hyperbolic, well, let's <laughs> Cody kind Rhodes. Of. Yeah, that's true. Cody Rhodes is pissed off. He's got Brock Lesnar at Backlash. That's cool. But the way that it came about, I don't know. So how weird. <laughs> Very weird. Cody comes out in his in his uh, tights. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, he's not cleared to wrestle. But for some reason, he's He was like, wrestling at a house show two days before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he comes out and he's in his tights. He's got his music and his pyro and everything. He's not cleared to compete, but for some reason he's out here. Anyway, he, I don't know. Him and Adam Pierce have a thing. Adam Pierce is just like, no, get out of here. You can't be here. And Cody's like, yes, sir. I respect you. And then he turns around and he's like, no, LOL, JK. I'm going to beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Brock comes out. As, we call, <laughs> as I called him and I found out others did too, Brocker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, out in his best black duster and his hat. Him and Trish were twinning. They were. Oh my god, that's the tag team. I know. Trish Trish and Brock versus Becky and Lita. Trish would beat Brock's ass. You think so? (laughs) I have to say that. I guess maybe in No Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Brock comes out. He doesn't do anything, but he stands there looking, however he looked. And then uh, Cody beats up a bunch of security guards, Mm -hmm. and Adam Pierce is like, "Fine, fine, fine. You get the match." What do you think of this whole thing? I still am of the belief that this could have been so much better if it was Cody for, with the titles and yeah. Brock first challenger. And this is huge adversity for Cody. I Del- know. Like at this rate, oh no, they have they even announced when Roman Reigns is going to be back? Have they? No, they probably won't do anything until the draft. He'll, he'll probably I fucking. I don't even think. You know what? I feel like he's going to get drafted, and he's going to have a, like a video. What's the point of him being drafted? He's going to be in both brands anyways. Again, who, what's the fucking point? They haven't told us for sure that that's what's going on. He's holding both of the titles that literally, that literally eradicates the entire upper card of whatever brand he doesn't land on. Then if that's the case, 
listen, for all we know, they're going to make an announcement the night of the draft and be like, champions are either off the board because they're floating, or they're going to say champions are eligible, and we're going to figure out the championship situation on each brand as they are drafted. So like, they haven't really said anything, but I agree. It should be just like floating champion, don't draft them. Mm, That's true. Or they're going to say, Roman is exclusive to SmackDown once he drops the Universal Championship, which they've done before. Yeah. Cody should still have the titles. It's just imagine like the biggest night of the year, you know, he was there the raw after and then nothing since it's been two and a half weeks and literally fucking nothing. And there's no even scope of when he'll be back. You know, backlash is coming up, which I think I just saw sold out today, by the way, which is, which is huge. Um, but it's just becoming increasingly clear that the only reason he won was to get to a thousand days. If they're not even going to continue the story, he's just in Cody's just in his back back rear view mirror at this point. You know, it's just the whole thing still irks me. (laughs) So here's the thing. And I I talked about this and I got rightfully booed because this, the story, the story's not good. But the story is very WWE. Yeah. So at Backlash, Brock beats Cody. (gasps) And then Brock and Paul Heyman have a segment on Raw the next night where Paul says, you did it. Good for you. You completed your task. And Brock says, I completed my end of the bargain. Now you complete mine. And Paul says, that's right. I went to Adam Pearce and the ban is lifted. You can challenge Roman Reigns whenever you want for the Universal undisputed championship and brock says great see you in saudi arabia and we do brock versus roman again on night 1000 and uh maybe that's the night that brock takes the title and then we got to do brock cody too and cody beats brock for the title at SummerSlam. you know at this point i'm pretty much down for anybody taking the titles off of him with the I don't want it to be brock with, with, which with with the exception of like three people um, but Brock Lesnar is not one of those three people that I wouldn't want it to be at this point. I'll just take about just about anybody except for like three people. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> at this point. I, I just want it off. I just want it off. Get to your thousand days, then get over it. You know, <laughs> that's just me. I again, I'm on kind of the extreme end of it, but I'm just over it. Yeah, I get it. I I'm all for long champions. Don't get me wrong. I think this is a, a, a masterful run in a lot of ways. But WrestleMania was the time. Yeah. And like Cody's booking like after, you know, the first night, great pop, you know, setting up for him and Brock, you know, that's an enticing matchup. But his booking on Raw was just freaking weird. Yeah, I felt like they were spinning their wheels this week. The the Raw episode I watched was fine. You know, it wasn't like blow me away. That was Raw ever. But, you know. I got through it and I didn't hate it when I got to the end of it. I also had the benefit of being able to scrub through it and not have to sit through three full hours. Right? <laughs> I sat through much, it all. Well, that's the thing, right? You do it for work and normally I yeah. do too. But because I was at the impact tapings mm-hmm. on Monday night, I was like, okay, Tuesday morning I can scrub yeah. through it. I have all afternoon. So that was, that was beneficial for me. And I think a lot more people would enjoy Raw when they don't have to spend three hours watching it, including those commercials. <laughs> Uh, I I keep myself occupied during those commercials with the editing. So yeah, I get. I'm, it. I'm I'm one of those exceptions, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about NXT Spring Breakins next week? They're doing some uh, some pretty good stuff. Here's the here's the best part. 
the undercard looks better than the main event. I'm looking forward to Mello's first title defense against Grayson Walla, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's so much fun, long-term storytelling that's going on mm-hmm. in the undercard that they're starting to pay off at spring break. And how'd you feel about this week's episode of NXT? Because, I mean, there was a lot of really fun stuff going on. I didn't get to watch a lot of it because I was working last night, kind of like how you were uh, at Impact on Monday. Um, Mm -hmm. But from what I saw, you know, uh, they're setting up. I'm excited, especially for this women's triple threat. Um, They're, they're, you know, like you said, the undercard, they're giving some depth to their divisions. Um, You know, we have, what, another singles match for the women. Um, And then we also have, obviously, the story of Brooks Jensen and Kiana James versus Josh Briggs and Fallon Henley, that kind of disintegration of the tag team partners. So their stories that are kind of uh, non-title matches have been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, even like Braun Breaker's first match as a yeah. heel being up against Andre Chase. I love it. It's perfect. It's easy. Braun's going to be the shit out of Andre mm-hmm. Chase. That's cool. You know, Pretty Deadly's going to take on the family. That's Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a trunk match. Sure. it's. I'm sure it's stuff your opponent in a is trunk. It, is, yeah, just like a casket match with a trunk. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then drive it down to the river and throw them in. And that's how they write off pretty deadly so that they can go to the main roster. Look at us. We just booked that. Andy Hartwell, Roxanne Perez, and Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. Looks like a really fun match. And they've been telling this story. Roxanne Perez mm-hmm. getting over her her anxiety or at least working with mm-hmm. her anxiety. Indy Hartwell's the champion who everyone thinks is so beatable but keeps winning somehow. Tiffany Stratton is on the rise as a major, major talent. These three women have an opportunity mm-hmm. to tell a really good story. And I think think Indy Hartwell still walks out with her NXT Women's Championship. Does she? So, you know, with Triple H saying all stars are eligible, I think the draft is going to be I don't know if it would I think it would be Hartwell or Zoe Stark getting called up. Oh, I think 100% Zoe Stark. Okay. I, yeah, like I have no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind. Uh, Lyra Valkyria and Cora Jade, these two women are the same age. And I am very excited to see Lyra Valkyria have a standout match against Court Jade. That's all I'm going to say about that. And then we've got Jensen and James against Briggs and Henley. That's mm-hmm. going to take some time to get used to. The only thing that would have made this better, Ella, is if they had had this match for control of the bar. If they brought oh, that Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be a big fan of that. So there's a, there's a lot of really cool stuff including the NXT championship match. Again, I expect Carmelo Hayes to win or they're going to somehow introduce Carmelo's next challenger. But regardless, I mean, I feel a little bad because Grayson Waller continues to lose. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe Grayson's on his way up as well. I mean, as he should be, you know, he's one of those people who's just like kind of been ready since he came in, to be honest with you. But obviously him turning heel kind of gave him that extra edge. Um, I think he's definitely ready, even if he does lose. It's funny because I disagree with the first statement. I don't think Waller was ready as quickly. I think he really did come into his own over the last few months. Mm. And some of the stuff that he's done over the last little bit has absolutely made him a standout on NXT. And he's one of those talent that is like, he's going to make it without being an NXT champion. And Zoe Stark's another one of those people. Yeah. There will be some wrestlers who go up and find success without holding championship gold in NXT. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is a great example of that. I think Grayson Waller is another example. Bianca Belair. 
Bianca's another. Did she? Yeah, she didn't win the So there you go. There are plenty of people, uh, and and I'm sure that we can dig up others if we really go. But the point is, you know, the the booking of NXT is as a whole has gotten better. The mm-hmm. women's division is finally strong again after having a few months of just kind of general uncertainty. It felt like it was all toxic attraction all the time. And then there was like, it was, they were in one and then everyone else was just kind of like three. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, but now that things have kind of leveled out and everyone's figured out that the women's division is strong and they found their A, their A1 and so on and so forth, that's cool. But the presentation, just the general feel of the show it's gotten better. I don't know if maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but do you see that there's like some sort of better, just general feeling that the show is good again? <laughs> NXT? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, you know, I don't know how to explain it. There's just like a fresher vibe or, you know, I don't know. It's just maybe because it's also two hours. It's not like the, the it doesn't feel prolonged as raw does sometimes. I don't know. The the matchups are just exciting and there's more there's more depth to them. It seems like a lot of people matter, whereas, you know, sometimes in Raw stuff just feels like filler. You know, there's, of course, some fun storylines going on there, but there's also been a lot of like questionable booking on on, uh, the main roster lately. Yeah. And of course, like, listen, NXT is not perfect in the booking itself, but there's a lot of like really it's gotten better. Uh, that's that's the best I can put it as. It's like mm-hmm. at one time they were booking it as if it was WWF 1995, 96. Mm-hmm. Where everyone had some sort of gimmicky gimmick or someone had, uh, you know, a, everyone had a job, a career, and that was their gimmick. We've since moved away from that in NXT. It's not, it's still hokey. Like the whole Jensen, Henley, you know, Brooks and who's the other one? James. Uh, <laughs> and that's, not, that's not the pairing. And again, I messed it yeah, up. Yeah. But either way, those four have, they're awful actors. Awful. They're not good actors, but they're really telling a good story. Yeah. And that's so endearing and so frustrating at the same time. So there's some really good stuff going on. It's not perfect, never will be, but it's gotten a lot better. That's how I feel about NXT right now. It's like I want to watch NXT. Yeah, yeah. I obviously I work Tuesday nights, but when I get a chance, I do like to see um, enjoying it. Especially, you know, I myself am kind of more inclined towards the women's action, and they've been adding a lot of good stars and kind of spotlight. You know, there's there's more there's non uh, championship storylines going on, which we don't see a lot on the main roster. You know, a lot of it is based in storylines or for the championships, whether it's for the tag team championships or for the, for the main, you know, there's, I feels like there's more depth um, in there, especially like I said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we had a questions thread. Listen, I'm going to let you in on a little secrets. Oh God. So uh, I, I we were asked the question, so you're temporarily Mad Cat Moss's hype man. <laughs> that was a question that was asked. Yeah. Um, that person who asked that question is my shoot brother. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for that. Uh, I, love I took I love over. <laughs> you did. Thank you, by the way. I was, I was in the middle of doing my show. I, and I, I know I, you were. <laughs> you know what? I really appreciate it. Cause I, I was having a real weird day. Mm-hmm. So that was perfect for you to, to do that. If you ever want your questions answered, We'll do it here on the run sheet. Just uh, drop us a message or do something. Get in touch with us because we want to talk about wrestling with you. And we want your friends to do it too. So go ahead. Listen to us here. Tell us, tell your friends about us. And while we do that, Ella will tell you to find her. 
You can find me on Twitter at It's Ella J. If you go to the link in my bio, all my links to all my projects and writing and all that fun stuff is all there in one convenient place. And I finally changed my at on Instagram. It hurt me, but I tried to uh, have things across the board. So that's underscore It's Ella J on Instagram. And we are at the run sheet pod on Twitter and Instagram. Like we talked about earlier. Yes, we have both of those things. We should use them more. Maybe if you want to run those socials for us, just let us know. Drop <laughs> a message. You can always get in touch with us. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Everything I do is probably either here or on Fightful. And if I make a guest appearance, well, I'll talk about it on my socials. Until then, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>